If you're a child of the 80s like I am and watched Saturday morning cartoons, then you probably watched G.I. Joe. One of the most impactful things I remember is how each episode ended. There was always a lesson to be learned at the end, and it was always capped off with the saying, knowing is half the battle. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about how knowing is only half the battle, and I'll provide you with five ways that you can move from knowing to doing. You are a firefighter and an EMS professional. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you put your life on the line every day for others. Because of that, you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it and we act. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder of Ignited and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a brotherhood of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a forum dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today, from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss can be applied by professionals everywhere. That being said, let's light the spark. In a world where you hear a lot of people being armchair quarterbacks and giving their unsolicited opinions rather than taking action toward being a part of the solution, it's important to remember that critique for critique's sake does nobody any good. We want to be a part of teams that contribute, teams that make a positive difference, and teams that are focused on education followed by action toward improvement. In the spirit of the title of today's episode, let's not waste any time getting to the meat of the subject matter. I've lined out five ways to move for yourself and maybe even your organization from knowing to doing. Number one, develop and educate the workforce. How does your organization view education? Do they value it or do they mock it? Is your organization divided on how education should be looked at? Some organizations are very divided in that they think promotions and the quality of a firefighter is strictly based on their experience doing the job. Now, I use the term experience loosely because you can be on the fire department for 20 years and not have that much experience. You have experience getting paid <laughs> to wear the uniform, but that doesn't mean you've got experience fighting structure fires or going on significant medical calls. The problem with that is that there's no metric for measurement on ability or knowledge when it comes to quote unquote experience. You could have a firefighter who's been employed for close to 30 years that's never really done anything of substance or has anything to show for their time with the organization other than a collection of five-year service plaques, right? On the other hand, how does your organization view experience? Do they disregard the experience of its members due to some inflated ego of newly promoted officers? Let's say there's a newly promoted captain who was awarded the role of training captain. And as one of his first training sessions, 
he wanted to review wildland firefighting operations. Someone who's less concerned with ego and status would reach out to their experienced wildland firefighters and utilize their knowledge and experience to formulate a quality training rather than whipping something together and checking a box. Not effectively, I might add. It's important to develop and educate your people. This doesn't just go for ranking officers. Even the lowest ranking firefighter has something to teach. One of the great things about working on a crew of diverse people is that everyone has something to bring to the table. Develop yourself. Learn new things. Spend some time investing in yourself so that you become more of an asset to your agency. Don't spend 25 years sitting in a recliner and telling the new guys how, quote, you don't need a college degree to be a captain or a chief. Make your time count for something. An educated workforce is a quality and professional workforce. Take advantage of the training opportunities that your agency offers. My particular agency offers tuition reimbursement. So there's literally no excuse other than you're just lazy, right? I mean, if they're willing to pay you back the money you're investing in your education, then, then that kind of removes your excuse. Seek out ways to add to your arsenal of knowledge so that when the time comes, you can be the contributor you told your department that you would be. Number two, communicate and convene. No one likes to go to meetings, right? No one that I know, anyway. Oftentimes we get dragged to some presentation in a classroom and people's eyes gloss over because we're getting put to death by PowerPoint. We are a hands-on community. So communication should take a hands-on approach as well. In the age of email and text messaging and Zoom, let's not leave that out, there's no reason our people should be in the dark about anything. The more we communicate with each other, the more we trust each other. When our labor or management teams send emails and make efforts to communicate, it's no one's fault but our own when we don't feel informed. We don't have the right to complain about it, right? If they're doing their part and providing us the information, we're just not looking at it, then whose fault is that really? I do want to point out that the responsibility of organizational communication lies on those in ranked positions. To act like communication isn't your responsibility as a leader, then you've misunderstood what it means to be a leader completely. I'm not sure if you all out there hold crew meetings, but it's becoming more rare. In, in my experience, from what I've witnessed, it's becoming more rare. I've worked for a captain who would have morning meetings on the first day of our set. And I say the first day of our set because we work a 4896. So I work two days straight, two days on, then four days off. Anyway, we start our shift at 0700. And after we'd check off our gear in our truck, then we'd convene at the dining table. Of course, where all important conversations and decisions are made, right? <laughs> we'd go over the administrative have-tos for the day. And we'd talk about any training that, that uh, needs to get done. It was important for us to all get on the same page from the get-go. Expectations were laid out. Clarity and mutual understanding was obtained. This is how it should always be. But that isn't the case. I've been on crews that after getting gear on the truck and doing our checks, everyone just splits up and goes into their respective rooms. Sometimes for the entire set. Only coming out when the tones would kick out which is crazy to me. This is not the way things should be. By keeping communication open and by meeting together as an actual crew, doing things like working out together, eating together, conversing about the things that matter, not just gossiping. 
we can build and maintain that trust that might not be present. Number three, capitalize on opportunities to work together. Like I just mentioned in number two, you should seek opportunities to convene, to do things as a crew. You should clean the truck as a crew, work out as a crew, eat as a crew. Anytime you have an opportunity to do something as a crew, you should take it. Building trust amongst each other by doing even the most simple of things helps us take that trust out into the field. And without trust in your crew and ultimately your organization, what good is our so-called brotherhood? This is where we take it back. Capitalize on opportunities to work together. This is where we return the fire service to the brotherhood that we thought it was. This is where we reinstate a true brotherhood of camaraderie and honor, not plastic cup politics and not based on covering for each other's lack of honor. Number four, close the data divide. We write reports, we read reports, and we're subject to annual financial reports that govern what programs stay, what programs go, and if or how many people we hire. I've known chief officers who are completely data-driven and can tell you who scored the most points in the 1984 Super Bowl. Who the hell cares? Because he can't hold a real conversation worth substance with another human being face-to-face. He could give you the statistics all day long about facts and figures and, you know, how many BTUs heat up whatever amount of water and all this other crap. He'll, he'll spout off facts and figures and numbers all day long. But when it comes to speaking with another human being, gaining trust, being respectful, building relationships, he can't do it. These people are in ranked positions due to strategic placement and being in the right place at the right time. And it works out for them but it doesn't work out for their organization and it sure as hell doesn't work out for their crew. What good is all that information and all those statistics if they aren't put to a productive use? They're no good. Dale Carnegie said it best when he said, knowledge isn't power until it's applied. So you can gather all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't have the ability to put it to use, then it's completely worthless. You shouldn't be wasting time hoarding useless knowledge. Trivia, things like, like I said, who won the 1984 Super Bowl? I don't know. That's pretty much useless when it comes to the fire service. Gain knowledge that matters. And don't just hoard it, like I said. Share it. Use it. And close the knowledge application gap. Number five, have courage. Having knowledge and knowing something, but not using that knowledge for the gain and benefit of others, is cowardly. Have the courage to step forward when no one else will. Have the courage to volunteer when others won't give up their precious time of doing nothing of importance. Have the courage to be the firefighter you said you'd be in your interview. Are you going to have the courage to disrupt the status quo? Are you willing to be ridiculed and mocked for standing up for what's right? I sure hope so, because the future of the fire service depends on it. I'm obviously very passionate and opinionated about this stuff. I don't want the brotherhood of the fire service to be some bill of goods that I was sold when I was pursuing the career. I want it to mean something, and I want it to be true. This is where people like you and I come in. We have the ability to form the future of the fire service to be what we want it to be. Learn all you can. 
look to your senior firefighters and ranked officers who are showing that they, they believe in what they're doing and that they value education and that they want to pass it on. Look to those who you see as mentors who are good at what they do. Observe and learn what they're doing right. Observe and learn what they're doing wrong. Absorb it all. But remember, knowing is only half the battle. The other half is doing. I'm super excited to reveal to you all the Ignited Recruit Academy. Registration is currently open and the six-week online program starts on June 8th. During these six weeks, we'll go over all of the ins and outs of working toward getting hired with a professional fire department. Now, I know a lot of you are already currently hired on, but for those of you who aren't, I'm giving you an opportunity to have something that I never did, an in. I didn't have anyone in the fire service that I knew that could help me or mentor me. I didn't have an in. And in my efforts to pass the torch, I've built the Ignited Recruit Academy. We'll go over things like interview strategies, what to expect on typical written examinations, and how to physically prepare yourself to be successful in passing the candidate physical ability test. Plus, there will be some exclusive added value to those who sign up. So, if you're looking to get hired or know someone who is and would like some insider insight, this will be a great opportunity for that. You can go to www.ignitedff.wixsite.com slash recruitacademy. I know it's long. Or you can click the link in the show notes. As always, thank you for listening to the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. Please subscribe and share these episodes with someone you think should hear them. As we delve deeper into these topics, we can come together and help each other learn and grow. Remember, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IgnitedFF. One way you can become more directly involved is to join the Ignited Firefighter Podcast Facebook group. This is where we as firefighters and EMS professionals can come together and dive deeper into the topics discussed on the show. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you'd want on your crew. Be ignited. 